Welcome I'm to Charles the Filmmakers Alderson. Podcast. Uh, no, who who the fuck are you? you you're very... I'm Dom Lenoir. Who do you think I am? Oh, yay! I love Dom Lenoir. He's an amazing person. Today on the show, we have the director of Beast. It's just come out in cinemas, starring Idris Elba. It's fantastic. He's called Balthazar Kormakar. He's a wonderful man. We chatted with Balthazar what it feels like to have a movie out in cinemas right now. How he felt going on set and the difficulties with shooting on location. Lions are beautiful creatures. We shouldn't we shouldn't abuse them. And, and interestingly, uh, Balthazar was talking about that and how important it is to treat animals well on set. And making and starring in your debut feature, 101 Reykjavik, the story of how he put his own money into said debut feature film, 101 Reykjavik, as well as what happened after his debut film, 101 Reykjavik. <laughs> wow. Wow, you're really good at these intros. Yes, well, there we you're go. Getting... There we go. <laughs> we also talk about what he learned over the years, working with star actors like Denzel Washington, and uh, what it's like to work with a studio. Also, working with a CGI lion versus a real lion. CGI lions are better behaved for a start. They are, right? We've, we've worked that out. Yes. They're, sometimes they're better behaved. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, it is an absolute joy uh, of an episode. I've really enjoyed talking to Balthazar. He had so much knowledge and information yes. uh, for you lot, didn't he? He did. Uh, it was definitely more enjoyable than this intro's been so far. that's for sure he started out as an actor and he was a very very successful actor in Iceland Uh, and then he went on to direct movies like as Dom said three times 101 Reykjavik and then his second film The Sea moving on to his studio movies and in Hollywood A Little Trip to Heaven which starred Forrest Whitaker and Julia Stiles and I think that's one of the interesting things that we discuss on this um, this episode actually is is the difference between indie filmmaking and Hollywood and how he sort of bounced backwards and forward and and the challenges he went through to get that balance right and to feel authentic and also to please those commercial audiences. Because it is, as Dom says there, he did bounce back to Iceland after a little trip to heaven to make Jar City, which is his certainly... I mean, I haven't been to heaven, so that's, uh, that's quite impressive. With his feature, Jar City, which was a big hit. It it bounced him back onto the scene big time. Uh, And then he directed White Knight Wedding, Inhale, Contraband, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg, Robert Wahlberg. Robert Wahlberg? Yeah. And Caleb Landry-Jones, Ben Foster and Lucas Haas uh, and Kate Beckinsale, of course. And The Deep, which again was his Icelandic film, bouncing back between the two studios and indie films. Uh, And then very recently, as we all know, he has directed Beast, uh, which is out in cinemas now. Do go support. It stars Idris Elba. And let's make it a roaring success. Let's do that. How are you, Dom? You seem in fine fettle this lovely frivolous evening not not bad uh it's good it's, it's hot and muggy again but but uh just in your room or y- well yes yes so you've been uh, you've been finishing up on the unreason we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago but how's that looking yes it's looking fantastic um just had the pleasure of working with the shakespeare sisters again yeah we had some we had some amazing locations and, and it was it was a really fun part of the shoot i think it's a very high punching indie for what it is it's got great cast and uh, yeah looking forward to that side but you have a film coming out very soon yes. that you produced which is i think it would 
you mentioned to me August the 26th, is that right? When the Screaming Starts is being released with ah! Signature in the UK, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And shortly after, it is with Cynodyme in the USA. Uh, so it's going for a, a nice a nice dual release. A mockumentary about an aspiring serial killer. It's very funny. Connor Buru, or Buto, as as has often been misspelled, much to his delight, is the, is the fantastic director behind it. Uh, but there yeah. is a great team, uh, and I, I do think it's a very funny film. And we will fill you in on all that, because we're going to do a podcast about that. We'll get Connor on and have a chat with Dom about how they made. When the screaming starts, we've both got a release coming out. Thanks for bringing it up, Dom. Uh, Stranger in Our Bed is out this Monday, coming up well, there we go. for you. Under a week away. Yeah. So you'll be able to get that in your ear, faces and your eye nostrils because it will be there for you. We'll be doing a, a podcast special next week, Stranger in Our Bed podcast special. And then Wolves of War is the following week. That's out on the 12th. You wait so long, you work so hard for stuff and then they all just tumble out at once. Yeah. It's exciting, it's cool. Uh, enough of me and you, right? Because Balthazar is a legend and everyone wants to hear him. Yes. Uh, and because they should. Balthazar Cormacar, here he is. Uh, chatting to myself and Dom Lemoir. Have a raw some time? I'm not lying when I say this. You're really going to enjoy this. Hey! Hey guys. How's it been so far? This is it's exciting, right? You know, Beast is coming out. You're doing very well. What? What? <laughs> how's it feel at the moment for you as a director? Well, it's a, the weird thing about making films is that, you know, when you're making them, do you have no questions? You just go for a confidence forward. You just do a thing and then you taking them out. You're like a wreck, you know, you basically just, you know, like I describe it as being, uh, you know, on a car crash and being a passenger. <laughs> you can't do anything. If you try to do anything, it's just going to make it worse. You know, you're done. You're out. Of, you don't have any control. And yep. the world, whatever's going to, you know, whatever's going to like it or hate it or love it or, you know, it's just comes at you and and you know how it does and all that so it's a, it's a, yeah it's a nerve-wracking time to, just to be honest and i think most filmmakers probably feel like that because i when i'm making films i never have that you know like i'm just like yeah this is the way we're doing it you know this is how it's gonna go and i'm not nervous you know with the, to start the first day or nothing it's just the it's just a process do you never get that sort of day before the first day nervousness or that bit of restlessness like the night before sometimes like i get a bit of a you know, come before the storm moment maybe a little bit you know but there might be a, you know you the things that haven't been fully resolved or you you know but but not but it's weird because you're so busy you know and i may maybe when i did made my first films i might have been like you know like oh well, how's it gonna be you know but but it's it's for me it's like so much about the process it's not about the first day it's about it doesn't matter how the first day goes it kind of you know like mm. it's a, it's a it's a it's almost like oh how is my start gonna be in in a marathon it doesn't really matter it really right. matters when you're midway <laughs> <or> you are <laughs> you are in, in not way behind or you're not waiting for you just doing your thing and you're keeping your pace so i think yeah maybe less experienced filmmakers might be more nervous about that but but all, all honesty, it's not that's you know it's it's not about so much about that you know you, you mm-hmm. can go back and you can figure it out or whatever it is. So so for you, you you feel like you're alive when you're directing on set, the build up and all that. Yeah, and I'm 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 a shooter, you know. Yeah. In the sense, you know, like I I I we call those you know director shooters that like to shoot, mm. enjoy shooting. Some directors are not, you know, enjoy the process more about the post or the the the, the writing or, or whatever it is. I I I do enjoy all these phases, but shooting is definitely when I am 
most alive, you know. <laughs> yeah. I do like the post. I, I think the process is very, you know, I enjoy that a lot, but it's very different, you know. Mm. It's like cooking the meal after you just went out to get the lion, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It is different, isn't it? You, you've got that the, the on set. Things can happen. Magic can happen. Post, you're kind of fixing mistakes or you're trying to piece something together sometimes. Yeah. And obviously you, you create the film in the in the post stage. You really do. But you can never really go back and redo something. You can change it or tweak it or adapt it or get away with something. But you're right. When you're on set, it's it's magic. It's very present and it's very mm. instinctual because you're you're just sort of reacting to things and, and trying to get ahead of things and everything's very in the moment i find yeah but i i maybe i don't fully i i do actually think that you you know like films are made on all the three stages because sometimes and i heard this and I, I some people might you know that you make the film in the post i think you make three films you know you make one in the prep and one in the shoot and one in the post and i think that's kind of what is great if you allow yourself you know because i do think if you look at yourself as a movie god or something stupid like that, and and everything has to go exactly by you, you you're gonna end up in a ditch, you know. So mm. it is enjoying for me. It's enjoying the process of each step and allowing it to bring whatever it brings to you. And uh, there are gifts on the way that you might take it. But if you have blocked yourself against them, it doesn't mean you lose your sight. It just means that. You have to be open. And I love, you know, it's actually Berkman, I think, who said, like, the more you prepare, the more you free your own set, mm. you know, and be free to let it all go and do, and do what the, the what is, you know, kind of on, on, on offer, you know, what, what because, you know, it, everything is going to bring a different thing, you know, to, to, to the set, its state. What was it like? Um, I mean, the challenges of, of shooting this kind of thing on location, like, was, was it a very tight schedule? Was the heat a problem? The sort of the logistic side of things? Like, how, how did that kind of work? Well, here's the thing. Everything is a problem on a film set, unless you make it not, you know, like it's like everything can be your, I just even say sometimes that, you know, the babysitter of the lead actress can be your problem, you know, <laughs> you know, like yeah. if she doesn't show up on time or sick or whatever it is, but yeah. then, then if you stop seeing, seeing like, and because I remember why, you know, like, like experiencing some way back, like everyone is trying to work against me making the film I want to make. Like everything here is just like trying to tear it away because it's not the way I wanted it. And it doesn't, but that's a little bit, you know, over controlling. And, and I think that's what you got to learn is that without losing any ambition or, or not pushing is that, you have to kind of embrace it. And I also when I was making Everest, you know, mm. you making such a, a big uh, kind of a studio movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, it's also, you, 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 you working with a mountain, you're in a fucking, there's an avalanche coming and yeah. you're going <laughs> to shout at it or you're going to, you know, mm -hmm. that's not in the schedule. That avalanche was not in the schedule, you know. <laughs> and although there isn't a roadway to get to you, you can't get to your set or whatever. So you start, you know, remembering like you just have to bow your head to the mountain and kind of take what it gives you. And mm -hmm. it is a little bit that. And it doesn't mean you don't try everything and prepare and you have all the ambitions, but you also have to have humility and, and kind of a... I don't know what the English word is for it. Alcoholics use it a lot, like AA. Either relations in Icelandic, which means you just you just take what comes to you and 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 without you know you know obsessing about it or you know. And I think that those kind of uh, movies have ta taught me you know like to 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 stay calm in any any kind of situation. You know, mm. and that is interesting because you're. 
you have had a varied career, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting, you know, the sort of big studio movies, you've, you've played in TV, you've played in all these different roles. You starred in um, 101 Reykjavik, you directed it, you produced it, you wrote it. How did it help you being a, somewhat of a star in Iceland at the time to get it made? Do you remember that whole process now about, you know, because it's, it's 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I actually did, you know, and, and because I had become, you know, the, the, the guy, you know, in Icelandic. Uh, film uh, film industry as, a, as an actor and and and, and there was but there was of course uh, I financing Iceland isn't a joke you know it's really uh, I mean three hundred sixty thousand people the history before that we had some one director probably that had done you know maybe one or two one of that had been nominated for an Oscar and had some uh, love from abroad wow. uh, and and uh, and I had played in in leading two of his movies at that point you know Devil's Island Angel of the Universe. Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, it's called Frederick to Fredrickson, uh, this guy. And but there was, a, I mean, it was strong. People were losing their houses. And and I actually, when I did my first film, I did put my, you know, this did all the stupid things. And I, well, you put your own money in. Yeah, I put yeah. my, uh, you know, like I put my uh, my. I built uh, built a house at the time. I've been mm -hmm. quite successful, you know. In in in, but you know, it doesn't pay a lot in Iceland. And I, I'm more more against my house. To make the film. What do you feel now, looking back? Do you think that was a idiotic? <laughs> Did it get you to the way you needed to go though? It, it, yes. when, that's that's the other thing, like because it's a mistake. But here's yeah. the thing, and as a lot of you hear all these stories, mm -hmm. and people will hear this story and say, "Oh, he did it. I should do it." And, and <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wouldn't tell no one not to do like the dreams come true. Mm. But we only hear the stories. Well, this, this then when the needle, you know, the, when the thread goes through the needle. But not all the ninety nine percent of the other where people lose their houses and stuff like that. So I just. And I've, you know, you heard all these stories about this incredible success or, or pop stars that don't, nobody can have any opinion of their music. And then mm. you only hear about the ones who actually made it. And then yes. to go, go, went right to the bin, you know. There's so many of the others that go right to the bin. You're right. Who have put money into their own films that have never seen the light of day. And I, I was very close to that, by the way. Really? And I can tell you, if you want to hear that story. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I, I do that. And, you know, also because we got Victoria Abril, who was a Spanish goddess at the mm -hmm. time. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, from the Almodovar films and, uh, and, and I got, so, so we had to pay a little more than an Icelandic film. And we had to put up a bank a guarantee and all that. So we went full in and, but it's, you know, this, it doesn't mean anything for, for Icelandic movie at the end of the day. It's just like, mm -hmm. we wanted that. So, uh, so we are full in and, I remember I edited quite a long time because I really changed the film. Actually, I did change that film a lot in the editing, especially at the beginning. Mm -hmm. It was very linear and I felt, you know, I was at the time of train spotting and those movies were coming out and I just didn't feel like it was exciting enough in the beginning. So I, I, I messed up the whole timeline in the beginning and then mm -hmm. it kind of, kind of worked. And, and I was in, you know, we were in Cannes, you know, not in the in competition, it was just showing it to, to selective buyers. It was, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there was some, you know, Czech, Czechoslovakia or someone bought it and, you know, there was very good reception and, 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 you know, but, but mm, it didn't quite move the needle, you mm -hmm. know? Yep. And then I went to Locarno, we, we won some prizes, mm. uh, you so know, and, yeah. and uh, I was in the office of selection there and, which is an A festival in, in Switzerland, for those who don't know, it's mm -hmm. one, of, one of the better ones. But nobody, no, there was no market there. Nobody bought it. Right. And now I'm in Huck. This is like, uh, Cannes is in May. I'm getting close to August now. And, and right. 
Centropa, uh, Centropa uh, uh, was was the selling company. You know, Peter Albert Jensen, who sells uh, Last One Trier's films. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was in Hoggerson, which is on a Scandinavian uh, film festival, and and the movie is kind of dying. Yeah. And we have a meeting with him, and he says to me in those words, "Also, your movie is not selling. It's done. You know, it's over." And I go like, "What do you mean?" I mean, my experience is that that. You know, if it hasn't picked up in this time, that movies don't, you know, there might be one or two territories or was on the go. But I, and I said, fuck, I'm going to get bankrupt. I said, you know, I'm going to lose my house. And he says, yes, well, I don't know if it helps you, but last one, Trier went bankrupt 20 years ago and look at where he's now. That's what he is. <laughs> like doing wow. breaking the waves and dancing in the dark, you know, mm-hmm. he's back in, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, 20 years, he said. <laughs> so I'm, I'll be back in 20 years. Yeah. And, and when you're 30, 20 years is, you know, from it's then a, to now, yeah. you know, and, and, and you're like, uh, that's an eternity for you. And I'm not, I'm not saying. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, so, but we had this, uh, so we, but we slot in Toronto, you know, in Discovery in, in the little section in Toronto, first, first timers. And I don't know what happened, but those are the movie gods, you know, they suddenly it turns, you know, it turns from basically being dead on arrival to people chasing me in the streets, you know, uh, agents trying to sign me up. The journalists want to talk to me. The movie just suddenly caught fire, you know, and I know this is, like, this is everybody's dream. And it never happens again, by the way, when, it, when I had like a bad experience, Oh, it's going to be fine because like, <laughs> but it doesn't happen like that usually. Yeah. So suddenly the, the movie wins the discovery, you know, mm-hmm. best, uh, 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 first feature and it sells basically to any territory in the world. It, I keep my house, uh-huh. And now I got a career, you know, and yeah. I know it's, 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 it, but it is like in the movies, you know, that's what like you only see that in the movies when somebody kind of breaks through, of course, that there's ups and downs after that. But, but I'm, I'm just saying that was like, uh, like a kind of crazy, crazy moment. And it came yeah. exactly when I didn't expect it, when you had given up. What do you think it was that changed the needle? Do you think it was winning the award? Which No, yes, it happened before I won the award because... It... Or was it just a different audience? Do you, do you feel like they, they, they just understood it there where they didn't elsewhere? If I knew, mm. you know... <laughs> yeah, you bottle it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why. But it, it was well received everywhere. It wasn't mm. a problem with the reception. Oh, okay, yeah. Why would we buy an Icelandic movie? What 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 is it? You know, mm. there's no history of Icelandic movies doing anything. It's not. It's a different time than now as well. You know, it was yes. harder for foreign language films at that time than it is now. It's hard now, but it's way harder then. Mm. And there was no history of Icelandic films except you know, like even though the, that that my Frederick had he hadn't really the the film weren't doing anything abroad. You know, they didn't do any business. So so but. This is what happened. I, I have no idea. The Canadian audiences, I, I, I don't know. But the buyers all over the world certainly started buying the film. It's just some wipe that happened. And Run, Run Lola, Run had been there a few years mm. before, and they were like comparing it to that. And maybe they thought, oh, that was the next Run Lola Run. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. who knows? And, and, uh, and uh, yeah. And I, I remember, you know, I was so green because there was like an agent coming up to me, like a very good looking Asian woman. So there's no reason not to talk to her. Sure. She, you know, she says something like, you know, uh, I'm from CAA, you know, and I was like, EIA? Why won't yeah. want to talk to me? Well, you're from the supermarket. I never heard about creative artists agents in America, you know. Of course. Like, so who are your other clients? Oh, Ang Lee, Tom Cruise. So who? Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard of talk. them. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> 
But I, I, I love that. And, I, and I, I think there's always, you know, whether it's mortgaging your house or, or taking other, some other step, I think if when you, when you put everything on the line or, or, or a part of yourself really committing to your project, it doesn't always work out, but I, I feel like that you've got a good chance because you, you're just really putting your, not just your money, but your yourself where your mouth is about your work and your project. Yeah, you are. And, and you, you do. And, 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 uh, but I also, <laughs> I also seen the other story and, you know, like there was a, there was this guy sending me a, you know, like a good friend of mine, I don't filmmaker who's sending me out his first film. Are you like, he's like, Oh, you know, excited about it. And, and, and like I, he wanted to get it out and it wasn't, done it wasn't edited you know because every filmmaker in the first film thinks the world is on ads waiting for the film like yes yeah <laughs> the world will not be yeah. the same you know yes. without this film the world will stop turning either that's what drives us which is yeah. beautiful you know mm -hmm. but but I, and I i i told him please finish editing your film it doesn't matter if it's shown in a festival which festival or not yeah don't shortcut it because Unfortunately, the only person excited about your career right now is your mother. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But if you deliver on this one, you might have a few more in the next, you know? You yeah. Know? And that's it. That's the fact that we all think that the world is on edge waiting for our first film, but it, they don't give a, you know, flying fuck. You know? Yeah. And, so true. And so take your time because it's going to be hard to make a second one if the first one doesn't work. You know, it's actually mm -hmm. harder to make a second one. Mm. If you don't have a success in the first one, then to make a first one. After that Toronto film, like what's your what's your kind of mental process thinking about what you'd like to do next? Was it your own sort of project? Did it come to you? Interesting enough. So so I felt I wasn't ready. Really? Yeah. I hadn't really cut my teeth uh, well enough on film. Right. So, so I decided, you know, and I've got to send a lot of scripts and, you know, for whatever that was worth, they weren't great. But I, I went back home because... I, Funny enough, I because it had a gay theme in the movie, mm -hmm. so it was it didn't it was uh, you know it's about a guy who falls in love with his lesbian mother's lover, you know. Yeah. I fucked up that yeah. <laughs> Do you, Welcome so, to Iceland. Mother is trying dating dating yeah. uh, starting she's, she's divorced she's starting to date this woman, and 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 they'll you know she goes to visit a family and he's left with the, the with the mother's girlfriend who's a bit of wildcat who's played with Victoria Abril mm. and his flamenco dancer teaching in Iceland how uh, stupid that would be and and uh, they end up getting drunk and end up in the same bed and he can't get over it so he's now uh, impregnated his mother's girlfriend yeah, <sighs> yeah. so <laughs> yeah and this this is what the world needed, right? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what the world needs. At the time. At, at the, the time. time. But it's true. Things like that at the time, it was fresh at the time. And yeah, it, was it was exciting, right? Yeah. That's what made the difference. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a culture. A lot of places it played it great, but it didn't play that great in Iceland. Mm. Because it had a you know a Spanish actress and then a gay theme, and you know, yeah. so it, you know, and, and the trouble with it, when you come from such a small country you can't afford to make uh, only art house films for the uh, for the uh, your home market you have to kind of make a and that's what I, I i realized you have to make a film that works commercially in your in your in your environment and then it's an art house when it goes out when you're doing films in icelandic so mm -hmm. there has to be kind of a balance not that i'm like so cunning but it's like and and by the way, one on one is that kind of a film. But because at that time having a gay theme, you know, would always work against you, you know, in so, some way, you know, in in, in a more commercial environment. Mm. But anyway, so I felt like I'd won over the world, but I hadn't won over my my own people, you know. 
Mm. So I thought I was going to make something very dear to the Icelandic people. Yeah. And that brings us perfectly onto the sea, right? Your second uh, film as a director. Because you were acting in between that. You'd done done a couple of other, like, like three yeah. other big movies as well. So you were yeah. still that, but your passion at that point was, I want to make another movie. Yeah. And I want to make a film about something, you know, more Icelandic. And it's about the fishing. You, you can't get, get more Icelandic. It's based on a play mm-hmm. and it's a fish, uh, it's based uh, about a fishing quota in Iceland and, mm-hmm. and a family drama built like a King Lear is thing. And and the opposite happened there, you know. It was the biggest film of the year in Iceland. Mm-hmm. It didn't impress as much as what. But it's kind of because you were from there, you know, you live there. It it always feels better when something does well at home. It's a base that you I, I think is very important, you know, and to be honest. And 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 it's a base that you want to keep. Because I think if you get lost in in, in the in-betweeners, like it doesn't you don't have you like you're not doing something that your people care about mm. and then you're trying to be a part of something else. It's almost like an imposter uh, syndrome. Like I'm yes. trying to be a part of something and I haven't really done my, my groundwork. And I, I like expanding like from a while, like I remember my sisters were going to Asia to study. I was like, why would you want to do that? You know, why don't you just expand from where you are grounded? And then if it gets you to Asia, you know, you know, mm-hmm. like, and and well, in all the rights, they did what they did. But I'm just saying, I was thinking about myself. Like, I don't want to go somewhere else and make the others' cultures, you know, mine. I need to work out my culture and bring it out. But of course, then then it got to a place when we, you know, started mo- making Hollywood movies. But we can get to that later. So I think in some way after that, I was ready to open up a little bit more. But then mm-hmm. I did a terrible misstep, you know, which was making which was very. Uh, was very uh, it was happening. I think it's happening again now that people were making English language films in, in like in Scandinavia, mm. and and there were quite a few of them made. Uh, Tom, Thomas Winterberg made one. Yes, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, Lonely Sheriff did one. You know, uh, something about Scotland, and you know, Last One Tree was Last One Tree was doing it differently because he was such an auteur, you know. Mm. That he got away with it, but there was quite a few movies made in Scandinavia at the time that pretended to be, and that's when it happens. You you don't have a home anymore, and you don't have you don't you, people because in English they don't connect with it in you know because it's not a part of the UK culture, and yeah. and, and it's not commercial or big enough to be a part of the American culture. So so I, for some reason there was a period of that, and I feel like that might be coming back in some way. And for for you, obviously that. that- a little, are you talking about a little trip to heaven? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, Be- because you had Forrest Whitaker and Julia Stiles in the movie. Yeah, because I had the support of the CIA at the time. You know, right. when I realized they were not a, an spy, you know, spies, but actually an a- agency. You know, they supported me and got, got the cast. Distant relative. But yeah. <laughs> but that was also, and uh, Jeremy Renner actually did that, was in it before he became yeah. a movie star, you know. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, and you've done some, you know, minor, minor things. So I had a cast and there's a lot of good things in that film where I'm proud of because it's, it's very filmmaking, you know, like you can see the craft, but the story ultimately that, and, and it just didn't connect with the English language audiences and it just got lost in between. And, and I realized that that was not the way to go, you know? So I, I went back home and mm-hmm. I did Jar City. Yeah. 
which yeah. became both the biggest box office hit in in Iceland. No, it still is. It's amazing. But yeah. the lowest prize I've done. I did mm -hmm. it for one and a half million dollars uh, at the time. Okay. And I, ta I take it a little trip to heaven was quite a bigger budget than that. Bigger budget, yeah. It was about I think it was about four or five at the time, which was huge. Yeah. You know, yeah. environment and and uh, and I was uh, you know it was personal uh, failure for me, which I I felt you know uh, I had let down people who had invested in it, and it wasn't really? because it wasn't professional. It was Icelandic uh, investors, and it wasn't quite you know like like you you make a movie for a studio and it doesn't work. That's just as much their fault, you know. That's mm -hmm. but in this case, I felt like I let people you know on and and uh, and, and and didn't deliver. What could you've done differently? Well, not, I, it's a, it, today it's all fine. Everyone is fine, you know, and, and, and I guess it's like hit out on you, <laughs> you know, I, I needed more support, you know, uh, from the people that were more, uh, I did have a producer in that, but he was Icelandic, but he was, uh, had a US uh, connections and, and, and I was working in Hollywood, but, you know, I don't think we were the right combination. We should have been maybe someone, someone else who would have pushed me more on the script, right. pushed me more on, 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 on figure, you know, and maybe I shouldn't have shot it in Iceland, you know, like that's, that's also, it's a part of it, you know, and I learned, I learned a lesson, you know, I also, honestly, the first way he came in as much as I love him as an actor, he came in with an accent. I was like, is that, like is that icelandic what, is, that, that, what is he doing and, and and then i had this voice coach who had done big movies and i go because it was in minnesota supposed to take place and 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 he's like is that like a real minnesota accent and i said yeah yeah it's really good it's really good and i'm like oh, shit. can you just maybe dial a little bit down and i i remember he didn't quite like me asking for that and i'm very young and green and he's very experienced mm. And, and not to say we had a really good relationship and, 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 uh, he, then he does this accent and there's not a review that doesn't mention how stupid this accent is, you know, <laughs> right. it sounds like some Irish, Irish, you know, thing, or, you know, like it's not Minnesota. It's not. And after that, I learned, I'm never going to let anything like that go again mm. and trust in other, other people. Like if my instinct says, this is not sounding right then you got to go after it, you know, yeah. not to say that's the reason why the film didn't work, but it's one of the reasons it's kind sure. of lack of authenticity, lack of support, you know, when you are uh, up against it. And, but it was, it was a, it was a great learning. I mean, I learned a lot from it. And then Jar city kind of just brought me back right into the, mm. because it, it got so well reviewed and, and it won prizes. It won, you know, uh, Kalovari main prize. Actually, funny enough, they didn't want it in the competition. They wanted it, but I, it's like, I said, well, you won't get it unless you put it in competition. They said like, well, we might, it might not because it's a, it's a procedural. Mm -hmm. It might not fare well in, in the competition. The critics might be, you know, yeah. big, you know, might attack it more or something like that. And, and and then it won, you know, because I said, well, then you won't get it, you know, and 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 then it went to Telluride, and yeah. you know, and it was interesting because it was it's a procedural based on a novel that I did quite change a lot the script, and I'm very proud of that script. I, I you know, I, it was it's a very very original way of approaching a procedural. Like you mm. have two story timelines that you don't know are two story timelines, and you're realizing. In the other one, the, the the one you've been watching, so you're basically watching a cop investigating a murder, and you're at the same time you're watching a guy becoming a murderer. Mm. So yeah. while he's investigating, you don't know that's the murderer, you know. And 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 and, and then it starts to close, like oh, the, he's breaking a window that I saw broken before, you know. Like these things starts to mm -hmm. fall into places. So there was a lot of lot of love also coming from abroad on mm. that film, and then. 
then after that, uh, you know, my things started. To, you know, I was kind of more ready to 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 go. Yeah, and it's interesting. You said you didn't feel you were ready. Uh, you know, when when you made your first film, or, or you maybe felt like you have something to prove. And I think we all do that as filmmakers. And it's not like, oh, I must prove to so and so or whatever. No, it's not that. It's just you want to prove to yourself that you can do this. And especially if you've gone through a bad time, it's really important. What things did you do differently as a director? I think from maybe your first film to Jar City to even Beast. Now, what techniques did you learn? First of all. Uh, Sometimes when you make your first film, you're showing it that you just don't even attempt to think about what you're making, you know, just making it and it mm -hmm. just comes out of your gut. And that's why I think a lot of first timers often, they have, you know, there's, there's something about first time films that can be really good. It can be hard to reach that again, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. And and you're kind of recklessly making a film. You have no idea what you're doing, you know? I mean, <laughs> you do know, of course, the medium, but you have no idea and you just don't know it's like how the market or anything is going to... And suddenly, they, then you become more aware of all these things. It's almost mm. more self-conscious in a way. Mm. And that probably bleeds into what you're doing, you know? And then kind of letting all that, you know, like letting all that go and making the film, like, it's like... I, when I did Jazz City, I just like, oh, you should make that film. That's a procedural. You should, you know, that's kind of TV. No, no, I don't care. I'm just going to make a good story, you know. And I went really authentic in it. And and I think even so authentic that people, some Icelandic people thought it was too Icelandic, whatever that means, you know. <laughs> Is this such a thing? <laughs> like, but at the time, it's a very different time. The people were always like looking at making, trying to make films in Iceland like they were a part of some European or American culture, you know, like all mm -hmm. makes like, like we live in those houses in the city. We just fucking, we're farmers, you know, just moved into the city. And, and I think allowing your own identity to be proud of it. And I think we were going through as Icelanders a period, but now you see nothing but like sheep and, and horses and, you know, like in yeah. any, like they, all the films are about, you know, domestic animals in, in mm -hmm. Iceland. You know? So I'm, I'm, we turned from being totally, not wanting to show how how impassionate uh, we are, and and to into making it almost like a like there isn't a foreigner in the country, you know, like there isn't anything mm. but sheep and sheep farmers. <laughs> so there is there is that little bit of a turn around that, mm. and I think one of the one of the films that are, are uh, you know in the forefront of it is Jazz City, and I'm you know this is a really traditional guy eating really traditional food, you know there was. A, there was this, this scene in Jar City where the lead character is a sheephead, you know, a, mm. a, a taut sheephead. Mm. And and everywhere I went abroad, people were like screaming like a horror film when he when he pokes out the eye and yeah. shakily yeah. puts it in his mouth. Yeah. But in Iceland, people were like they they were <laughs> drooling, you know. And, and, <laughs> and, and I'm not lying to you. There was a reported in the, in, the, in the news that. <laughs> That uh, this there was a there where I had this uh, scene where there's a takeaway sheephead place, you know, <laughs> it is a takeaway sheephead place, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and they, it. They, it went up three hundred percent sales in that shop during the wow. screening of the movie, you know, they were just on fire because everyone came out of the movie wanted a taught sheephead from a takeaway place. So, and then, and then you, if you read the reviews about the the, the the movie, like everyone mentioned that disgusting scene, like the most horrifying image of the, of, yeah, you know. And Icelandics are going, no, it's too, probably too Icelandic for us. <laughs> so that's what I mean. It's like, I went fully in on that. And, yeah. And, but yeah, so, so yes, you learn and you, you learn, but you also, 
So like, so so I go from maybe being totally not authentic, making an American film in Iceland to to make the most authentic film mm. possibly in Iceland I could make, you know. Yeah, and then did that change your like mindset from that moving forward? Were you very were you more particular, choosy about what you wanted to do? Obviously, coming off the back of a hit, you can be, but yeah, but I I'm instinctual, you know. I'm not I I don't function mm -hmm. as an intellect when I'm when I'm choosing my projects. I don't like, and maybe I'm, I resent it too much. I don't like to look at myself in third person. Mm -hmm. And I've seen directors do that, you know, and, and and some really good ones like Tarantino talking about, oh, there's there's more Tarantino dialogue in this film than in the last one. He's saying that himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Where is he now? <laughs> yeah. in, in, so there's a Tarantino kind of in front of him. And then he's like <laughs> standing there and looking at this Tarantino thing in front of him. It's like, mm -hmm. and I've seen, you know, like in even in Iceland, a, a colleague of mine talked about himself in third person from an English perspective. So he had like, so it was like an English version of his name that said, this film is more the wow. this one, you know, than the last yeah. one. And it was so like now he's looking at it from how the world sees him. And it's very dangerous. It's not only a joke. You know, you get written about in every corner of the world. And of course, most of us will look at it, what, what people are saying about us, you know, mm -hmm. good or bad. You know, I, I was, when I made my first film, I was uh, Almodovar on Ice. Mm. You know? right. And then I became, when I did The Sea, Icelandic Bergman. Right. Then I did, you know, Contraband Tukas. I was the, 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 the action director, Hollywood director. Then now I'm the, like the, 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 the man versus beast or, mm -hmm. or you know, man versus nature. It's like... Most of the journalists don't remember anything, you know, like I remember the Guardian yeah. because Contraband and The Deep came out pretty much at the same time in UK. Mm -hmm. And yep. and I think, you know, I'm not going to name anyone here because then they're going to attack me for the rest of my career. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But, yeah. but it was like a same person writing about the, both of these films in, in inside of a month and talking about me selling out and then applauding uh, the, the the deep for being so authentic and Icelandic. And it was coming out in this, you know, same month. And mm -hmm. basically, like, I, like, there was no connection that I made both of these films, you know. Yeah, which is so strange. That's the thing, you, you, you can't, you have to be self-aware to a degree, but you, you can't make films to try and please someone else. It has to be, in it has to be authentic for you. Yeah, and you, you, as soon as you think, oh, what, what do they want from me? Mm -hmm. What are people expecting from me? And I think it's often... Especially directors that tend to, you know, like that tend to they write their own stuff, and then you know, like like the Woody Woody Allen's of the world, you know, mm -hmm. was uh, you know, they, which is great because you know they have a very specific uh, you know uh, style, but sometimes they get into just repeating what is, and I'm not talking about him specifically, but but repeating what is expected of them, and then suddenly, and I'm I'm always afraid of this that I start looking at myself instead of just being myself, you know, right. And 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 I have to just oh this is not, I like well, I don't do that oh that might look bad in my in the perspective and in, in the retrospect you know when I, I when I'm an old man and they're going to show all my films oh there's this beast and lion film you know <laughs> it's, the, it's the same for acting as well like if if you're too focused on what you're doing rather than being in what you're doing yeah yeah no, absolutely and I I think and, and this is just something I so I I choose from instinct rather than than you know, like uh, putting together a, 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 a filmography, you know. Mm. You've worked with some huge stars, you know, Denzel Washington, Mark Wahlberg, the list goes on, Jason Clark, obviously Idris Elba on Beast as well. How 
did you find that? What any specific techniques, anything that you learned that was good, or anything that was you wish you hadn't? I know you obviously talked about the Forest Whitaker side of things there, but uh, you know, working with big stars is always frightening for directors, and I think it's frightening to work with actors for some directors, which they really need to get rid of as quickly as possible. But working with big stars can be intimidating. How do you deal with it? Being an actor myself kind of helps. You know, mm. originally I don't look at myself as an actor anymore. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, I kind of understand the beast, you know, so, <laughs> so, so like, and, and what, what makes us take and how we go about and, and also things that directors might not realize the motivation is the most important thing in acting. You know, you can, you can tell people to, 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 to take a drink, of, but if they don't really understand why they will be doing that in that scene, they can do it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I've seen people who are supposed to walk across a room that can't, do that naturally because they they don't have any motivation to do that. Mm. There's no reason for it a lot of the time. It, it's, it's because a shot's been designed, and it's like, well, we, we would look nice if they walk across the screen. Yeah, but. and then you, so you, if you want that, you have to find the motivation for that. Mm. You know, exactly. and and so I don't do rehearsals on 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 like on a marked floor or something. You go there and then you go there. I I just sit at the table and we read and we discuss the scenes and we motivate. And then once you let them free in the set, you know, they can do pretty much everything because the motivation can be used for different things, you know? So, and, 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 and so that's, that's maybe how I approach it and, and it helps me, but yes, it can be intimidating. The only really, you know, intimidating guy was, uh, I think Denzel, you know, like, because he wants to be intimidating, you know, right? that's his way of going about things, you know? At yeah. least that's my experience with him. I think he's a fantastic, a phenomenal actor. Amazing. But at the same time, he likes to, uh, you know, to have that aura around him, whether that's uh, to help him or not. I don't, you know, it's his, that's his process. But, yeah. But I, I, you know, here's here's the thing. I gave myself a, a, a promise, you know, that every time I have something to say to an actor, I would go. I would not compromise just to not, you know, not make it uncomfortable or something. Mm-hmm. If there's something I think I can help with or make better, I will do it. Well, that was a great thing until I came across Denzel. Right. Because, <laughs> because now, I, you know, now, I, now I'm giving myself that promise and now is that your man or a mouse? Are you going to just do that to your Icelandic actors or your or minor stars? Or are, you gonna, are you going to really tell Denzel he has a tick, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And he has one. Yeah. I can see what you're doing, Denzel. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see you're doing something that has nothing to do with the scene. Mm. And how did you tell him? <laughs> I went straight up to him and told him. Yeah. And and he kind of killed me with his eyes. <laughs> Which scene knows the Oscar winning eyes. There's a small part that, that respected it or I, I just I'm just you do whatever you want with it. This is my job. I'm just telling you, you are doing certain things which have nothing to do with the scene, and I, pre- pre- I would prefer you wouldn't do them. And the silence that followed. <laughs> there was a huge silence, but I don't think I saw him ever do that again. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's it. They, they, do, they do respect you. When you, when you actually mm. have a valid point, uh, yeah, and yeah. I think if, if the quality of the work is there, that's the thing. At the end of the film, if, if they've given a great performance and you made a great film, then they want to make a good film as well. Yeah, I know, and I and I know he he's very caring for that. He wants to do his best, he, you know, and and uh, and if it's a film that is supposed to be you know popular and fun, he wants to make it like that. If it was to be serious, he wants to make it like that. And he he really he drills you, and goes after it. But that's what part of you know his process. Why he's so good, you know. For mm. me, it's not about being. It's not a party, you know. It's like I'm not trying to, you know. I rather not have some you know people that are. are 
nasty or humiliating to people, you know, which is kind of been taken out of our business anyway, in, in many ways, through the mm -hmm. Me Too uh, movement. There's a lot of that, you know, because people can't behave like that. And you know? rightly so. Yeah. And, and rightly so. But, but, but I think difficult is not a problem to me if, as long as it's, it's, it's because you want the movie to be better. If it's only to be an asshole, you know, or, or make it difficult, yeah, that might be a problem. But I think that's that's also you know on going away. Mm. But I, I don't I don't approach people in you know it's great when you meet someone later. That's a great actor and also is very pleasant to work with. That's that's uh, that's that's just a uh, you know that's great. But I don't really think about that to be honest because I, I don't look I don't I, I'm not there to to become a friend or hang out with them or, or, you know, I'm just there to do my job. And if they, if it happens to be a good relationship, then, then fine. Then we can be, you know, friends and make maybe another film or whatever, but it's not really, I really want to spend my time with my family, not movie stars, you know? Mm. And that leads us perfectly onto uh, Beast and Idris and the whole wonderfulness that you've made here. Oh, what's that? It's music in the middle of the podcast. It can only mean one thing. It's sponsorship time! We are delighted to be sponsored by Q Scripts. Uh, it's a script analysis service. Annual membership package costs only £60 a year. It includes monthly webinar and Q&A sessions with industry professionals, including commission writers, producers and directors. You get a discount on all services offered by Q Scripts and access to a 36-page quarterly industry magazine brimming with useful content, industry insights and interviews with writers, plus free entry into the monthly prize draw with the chance to win a free detailed script report. Check out qscripts.com. Link for ease. To make it easier for you so don't have to type it in is in the show notes. Just scroll down, click on it. There it is. qscripts.com. There's something crossing up ahead. Keep the girls in the car. Stay in the car, okay? Just stay in the car. But I... Diabolo? Okay, what's he saying? Diabolo means devil. I've never seen anything like this. Multiple attacks without eating his prey. Lions don't do that. At least no lion I've ever seen. Go back to the calls. Dad, Jungle. It's the only law that matters. Dad, they've got guns. Shouldn't be out here. What are you doing? Stop! Stop! 
I've got to get my girls out of here. I need you to trust me right now. I'm coming back. Don't move, okay? The film, the film is is it definitely has a lot of jump scares. The lion is extremely terrifying, uh, and it you know you you do a very good job with the sound effects and and the shadows and just this, this idea of this kind of invisible predator. And it is it's a really gripping film, and it, it does have a lot of that kind of family element through with with the you know that that storyline. I mean, I had a, I had an immediate question about the film, which is CGI lions versus real lions. Like, how how was all of that sort of approached, and at what stage did that come into it because he, he is definitely like one of the big stars of, of the film yeah well first of all that was never even a, a conversation because uh, the studio wouldn't allow you to use that kind of an animal on film mm -hmm. you know that's just no way and and secondly uh i'm not as still and there's no and there's no possibility you can make lassie with a real animal you know but you can make and lion attack. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah. you're going to control that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. There, there might be... Well, I was wondering the, for the background lions, I guess. The, the background yeah, yeah. Well, that was a conversation. Actually, the first scene with Shalto, <laughs> you know, giving them a, a, a... You know, that was a discussion whether we could that, but then it was a clear no because of, you know, there's insurances and then there's also uh, that. So there was like... Lion insurance, yeah. Here I'm in Africa and I'm not allowed to shoot lions, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> But but that was but but also it gave me freedom because that meant that they had to you know cover it up to 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 make it you know as good as possible on screen you know mm -hmm. and I I've met so many people I think that the first lions because they know the second lion can be real because there's no way you could have them attack it was like that sure and and uh, but the, that the first lions people do think they are real yeah mm -hmm. I, I, a lot of people like oh yeah they were real that one but not. Because that's more like the thinking, and the, and that's a lot. I remember like people saying, "I know what you know." When, when he did Everest, the thing is saying, telling me what was real and what was CGI. Well, usually it was wrong, you know. It was the opposite, you know. People think because sometimes things look fake when they're real, mm. <laughs> and we're so used to watching films where we've got an impression of what CGI looks like or what something looks like. We we seem to think that that's real when actually it's not and the other way around when something's really real people go oh that looks fake but it's actually real yeah it's it's often actually often when people pointing out the right things and and this is i've heard that a few times that they think that the first lions are real because they have seen that kind of things done on on camera right mm -hmm. and we use those as references but yeah. but but so that that was there was no way but for me it was all about getting the best people in the business to do that then you know and and of course we used the uh, reference was revenant you know the bear attack as as this is the level we need to to get to and i had a great conversation with inaritu and he told me that the one thing i i didn't have was a real beer for references so i immediately called the studio says i need a real lion for references so we had a lion at all times with us but not to shoot or make it do something that wouldn't because if you if you're gonna make animals do stuff like that you you actually you're forcing them into things yeah you, know? you shouldn't do that I, I i totally agree and i'm glad you didn't the thing is like you know we've seen this there was a dog movie that was a there was dog that was pushed into the, the into the pool mm. upstream when he wanted to get out and it kind of killed the movie you know mm. and, yeah. and so you're in a territory here which is very very sensitive and i respect that i am 
all for animal rights. Amazing. Um, we do have to wrap up. We know you've, you've got a really busy day. And listen, look, you, you have made an amazing film in Beast. It is out in cinemas now. So, uh, you know, huge congrats to you. And please go watch this in the cinema because it's, it's a cinema film. It's the kind of movie you should be watching in the cinema. And I was saying, I, as, as soon as I watched it, that it, it sort of does for does for lions what Jaws does for sharks. And I, I think that, <laughs> that was my initial thing. It is, it, it, yeah, we should stay away from them. You know? Renewed my terror of, of lions. <laughs> they're, they're nature's like beasts. Leave them there. They're fine. Yeah. Let's not. Yeah, let them take care yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Give them space. Give them space. Absolutely. Um, listen, final bit of advice for directors coming through right now. Is there anything you think, you know, working with studios that they should, shouldn't do? Yeah, I can give them one advice. Make sure if you're going to make a film with the studio, that the studio and you are, I see eye to eye what film you're going to make. Mm. So it's not, not like the studio is is, uh, is planning on making one thing and you're planning on making another thing. That's when these th- terrible situations turn up. You know, have the conversation, be honest about, don't, be honest about what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. Because if if you you don't, and then you do something that the studio wasn't expecting, and vice versa, you know, mm-hmm. then then you're going to be in a very bad. Those are the horror stories of Hollywood you hear about European directors coming in, and they like, yeah, 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 I'll do that, I'll do that. And then it, they go and make some indie film that studio needs to release in four thousand screens. It's just not going to work, you know. And mm-hmm. and I also all this go go back and forth about you know a final cut. Mm-hmm. It isn't as important as people think because if the, the people who are paying for the movie at the end of the day and distributing it do not support your cut, they're not going to distribute it. They're going to drop it somewhere. You know, it's yes. just it's just you got to figure your way through it, and you also got to realize you can make any story for two million dollars pretty much on your iPhone. Mm-hmm. You don't need, you know, that you can f- create that if you want to have full freedom on. You know, but if if you are if you may take that step, you do have to work with people and convince them. Doesn't mean that your freedom is taken away. It just means that you have to be, be on the same page about it. Yeah. You know, you don't just go ahead in first and think you're gonna, gonna get away with anything. You know, you need to be very upfront about it. So that would be my advice. Oh, you're a legend, Balthazar Kimika. Thank you so much. Yeah, really enjoyable chat. Thanks. The fact that you jump indies to studios all the time and you make the movies for you and what you want to make, then you make studio movies is incredible. Congratulations. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. Well done. Thank you. Real pleasure to meet you, buddy. All the best. Thank you very much, Balthazar. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys. There we go. That wasn't a lion. No, I don't know what it was. It was what? I don't even know what it was. Do you be- give me your best lion. Give me your best roar. Wait, wait, build up to this. Here we go. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like Schmeagle or a gremlin. I-, I inhaled the wrong way as I was doing it. <laughs> what do you mean, inhaled the wrong way? That's impossible. I need to I need to hear I'm very good at doing impersonations, but I need to hear it first. You've never heard a lion? Well, not recently. Uh, let's say, hang on, let's say one. You watch Beast. Well, that was a few days ago. <laughs> hang on, hang on let's, let's, let's have a listen. Here, come, come, on, come on, play, put it near this the, the mic. Lions roaring compilation. All right, come on. Oh. It's an interesting. Yeah, that was that was one. Have you got like? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you cough. Makes you cough. That's horrible. Yeah. God, it must be hard work for him. Yeah. No wonder they yawn. Yes. Well, now you know. 
We hope you liked today's episode. If you want to hear more, visit our Patreon for bonus clips and exclusive content.